You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast, part of the Passion Podcast Network. How does God choose people to be in his family, but we always make choices? How does that work? John Calvin said this. We must not suppose that there's a violent compulsion as if God dragged them against their will, but in a wonderful and inconceivable manner, he regulates all the movements of men so they still have the exercise of their will. He says, hey, God moves all things. We're not at the whims of violent men. We are not at the whims of our own transient emotions. God rules all things, and yet somehow we make decisions. And they ask him how, and he says, it's inconceivable. John Calvin says something many Calvinists aren't willing to say. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but somehow it does, that we're a mess and he came for us and he rescues us. Charles Spurgeon said it this way, I believe in the doctrine of election because I'm quite certain that if God had not chosen me, I would have never chosen him. And I'm sure if he chose me, he he chose me before I was born because he never would have chosen me afterwards. And he must have elected me for reasons unknown to me because I could never find any reason in myself why he would look on me with his special love. What's great is you don't earn the love of God. It's not for sale, but God in his mercy moves towards people. You're you're the elect. But he says, man, you're not only chosen by God and that's an encouraging thing, that inclusion to God's family has made you strange. And he says, you're the elect exiles. Exile is the word foreigner, Power epididymos, there's the people and you're alongside them. So you live in the community, but you're not really one of them. This election has made you an exile. Your association has disassociated with you. Your allegiance to Jesus has made you strange. And what I love about that is he's just affirming that to them. That's part of it, right? Uh, That you're feeling a little weird in your culture and you are. Uh, That's the way the gospel works. I love the way one theologian said it. The gospel's at home in every culture, but it challenges every culture. Uh, Christianity is at home in every culture. It's not located within some region or a particular ethnic group or a particular language, even a particular style of worship. The message of the love of God through Jesus Christ goes past every ethnic and, and socioeconomic boundary. It spreads around the world that the gospel is at home in every culture, but it also challenges every culture. It can move into political cultures. It can move into skater cultures. It can move into all different cultures. And it'll say, man, God loves you right where you're at, but... It'll also challenge, but the way you're, you treat women, that has to change. Hey, the way you perceive sexuality, that, that's gotta change. And, and it challenges people in every culture. And so here he says, hey, God moves right into your culture. You're out in Asia, Bithynia, all these different places, and God, the gospel will come right to you, but it'll also make you a little weird. Not needlessly so, not obnoxiously so. So I have to wear only Christian t-shirts, you know, that uh, this blood's for you. And you're like, you know? But, but my allegiance to Jesus might make me a little odd. It separates me from the culture. What I love about that is he pulls the tension together. You're chosen. That's the language of inclusion. And you're in exile. That's the language of exclusion. You're the insider outsider because of the gospel. My association when I got married to Donna changes the way I deal with other women. That doesn't mean I suddenly don't talk to women or don't look at them. There's a weird thing you can do with that. But I don't date them because that would be inappropriate. Because why? This new covenant has rearranged my association with the broader culture. 
It didn't remove me from the culture, but it made me move differently within it. And, and that's a way to illustrate what's happening here. Hey, you're not just randomly weird. God made you that way. You're the elect exiles of the dispersion. And I love that he calls them the dispersion there because in, again, he's linking them to their past in that. There's something to that. The word disperse means to scatter, but, but it was also a technical term in the Old Testament that you say, hey, you're actually connected to this bigger story. Uh, and he's been doing that this whole time. Elect exile, those are both words used of Abraham in the Old Testament. Father Abraham, who had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them. So are you. It's the beginning of God's movement of salvation in the book of Genesis. You can see it on a map. Um, Abraham was living out here, worshiping wooden gods. made of and, and the God of heaven came to him and said, hey, I'm, I'm choosing you and I want to move you to a particular piece of real estate. And from there, you're going to be a blessing to the whole world. And God chose Abraham and moved him and said, hey, I want to bless every family through you. I'm choosing you on purpose for a purpose. And it said he moved there and he was in exile. Not an exile to remove from the culture. I'm sticking you right in the middle of the culture, but you're going to be a little different from them for their good. And then he became a, a, a nation. And remember, they were in slavery in Egypt and then Moses set them free into this area. But then as the Old Testament progresses, what happens? The people of God who are meant to be a kingdom of priests to the whole nation. God says, of all the nations, I've known you. And that known doesn't mean that he didn't know the other nations. Like, who are those guys? Like the Hittites, you made them. Come on, God. Like, no, it doesn't mean he didn't know them. Foreknowledge, like here, means God set his, his love on them. I have purpose for you. He said, of all the nations, I knew you. So you'd be a kingdom of priests to every other nation. So you would help these other nations know me. But they didn't do it. And they persisted in their disobedience. And God said, if you persist in it, I'll cast you out. And you see in the Old Testament, the kingdom of God is destroyed and they're carried off all the way back to Babylon. And at that point, they're known as the dispersion. The people of God in the Old Testament, the Jewish people, now scattered. Some of them went down to Egypt, like Jeremiah. Some of them were over here, like Daniel and Esther, a believer living in Babylon, working in a government culture that doesn't have an allegiance to the same God. How do you survive? Much of the Old Testament's there. And some of them were scattered in a bunch of different regional areas, right? And yet what's beautiful about that is even though they were scattered, God still used them. You look at the book of Daniel and Daniel's not forgotten as he's in the court of Nebuchadnezzar. Is he weird? Yeah, but it's a good weird. It's a weird that actually helps Nebuchadnezzar, that blesses Nebuchadnezzar, that blesses the whole nation. And you see this scattering, though for them it was a sign of judgment, it was also a sign of mercy that God was using them to do something beautiful in the nations. Now it's interesting in this book, Peter says, we're those in Babylon, but Babylon had been destroyed centuries before. But he's using it as a metaphor because Babylon was gone. But now thousands of years later, Rome is the ascendant power. And as Rome is in power, all these believers in Jesus are scattered. This is where they are. Pontus, Galatia, you're like, where are those? Uh, there. Uh, they're scattered around here. But he says, hey, you're just like these guys. You're not randomly lost. God didn't drop you and go, man, I, I lost a couple in Asia, but we're good. Let's keep going. No, you're part of the dispersion the way God's always used it. God's always had a people and he's always moving them. So think about that. These people have put their faith in Jesus and suddenly they're in a strange town and they're losing, losing socially, losing financially, losing in life. And yet God comes to them and says, hey, but you're not lost. I know you. I chose you according to the foreknowledge of God. I set my love on you by the sanctifying work of the spirit. That means I consecrated you. I set you aside that there was that moment where someone was preaching the gospel and maybe you'd heard it a hundred times but my spirit came to you and started tapping on your heart and saying, hey, he's talking to you. You're coming with me. Thanks for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast wherever you stream it. You can also subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages 